Hi, and welcome to episode 17 of West End Talks. I'm delighted to be joined tonight by Elliot Gooch, who some of you will know from last summer's performance of Once in This Island at the Southwark Playhouse, and also up at the New Vic, he played in the Pounce and the Popper at Christmas time. So welcome, Elliot. Hello. Thank you for joining us. It's, it's a privilege to have you. It's all right. I'm glad to be here. Good, good. So you you ready to get started? We'll just get straight into it. Graham, I'm ready. Let's oh, do this. Good to hear. So it's, uh, the first two questions are basically the, the questions we ask everybody. Um, so it's the West End Talks questions, and that's the first one. It's a nice, easy one. What got you into performing? I got into performing because my mum pushed me into music theory lessons when I was about three. So I learned how to read music first. And then I started singing for some reason, probably because I was in bands and the conductor would sing to us. And then I thought, hey, let's try musical theatre. And um, I then went and saw lots of different shows and thought, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And um, I didn't actually start dancing until I was 16, but I was kind of late at that. But other than that, it kind of all stemmed from my music, and that's why and how I got into performing. All thanks to your mum. All thanks to Mama Gooch. Oh, Mama Gooch, I like that. Um, so what was the first show you performed in? Oh, I think, okay, it was this great show. The name of the show, can't, I can't remember at all. It was, was that good, you can't remember the name? It was that good. I played a woodlouse, a woodlouse, a woodlice, one of the two. But I, I played a lovely, a lovely insect that was a wood louse. Wood, woodlice, and, yeah. Yes, and um, he was friends with Bernard the Bee. He was an estate agent for all the other insects in the show. My brother played Bernard the Bee. We had homemade costumes. I had little hands that went up and down like that. Um, thanks to Papa Gooch, and um, that was my uh, my starting point, I guess. So you 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 were a woodlice, and that's where you decided, oh, do you know what? We'll just we'll do this as a living. Maybe not quite as woodlice all the time. <laughs> you know what, Graham? I really caught the bug. Ah! 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 Yeah, the jokes are rubbish. Stop, stop this now. <laughs> yes, that's cool. No, no, that end of the episode. No, I'm joking. Uh, so now we'll move on, uh, and West End Talks now hold no responsibility for the questions. Uh, they are all from your fans or fans of the shows that you have done. Um, and can I say that you are one of the biggest lots of questions we've had, so I hope you're comfortable. Uh, we've had a, a lot of questions, um, quite a few anyway. So, so starting with Sarah, she asks, how did you get into performing at school, and what made you pick BTA? Hmm. So, um, as in performing arts school, as in British Theatre Academy, yeah. or as in Bird? You take that question how you like. Okay, I'm not going well, to assume a question. I, I'm going to split this up into two questions, Sarah. So, the first one, how do I get into performing arts school? And I trained at Bird College, 
and I, when I was 16, not 16, 18, when I was 18, I knew I wanted to go to drama school and I wanted to do some kind of degree. And I had actually never heard of bird in my life. It was my dad's teacher that actually suggested I try for bird. Um, and I just went there and I fell in love with it. And I think you get a feeling when you go to a place like that. And um, that's how I chose what drama school I was gonna go to. And then uh, in my final year of drama school, um, I found out about the British Theatre Academy and I found out that they were doing What's in This Island because um, one of the agents at Bird suggested it to me. And from there, I auditioned and I researched more into the company and realised that they did all these different shows and that people from Bird also used to do these shows with them and that they were kind of like a stepping stone and a stepping point into the industry. And they were known for doing really professional shows. And um, that's why I decided to, uh, to audition. And then I was in it. The rest is history is the same. We'll, we'll, go, the into the, we'll go into the history a bit more in, in detail shortly. So, so Callum, sticking with the, the kind of performing arts school slash college, more, I think he's talking more kind of bird college rather than the BTA. Um, how, any advice on people looking at getting into performing arts college? Uh, do your research. Uh, I mean, that's the same with auditions too, but just do your yeah. research. I mean, uh, ask as many people as you can who have gone to these schools about exactly what the content is. Um, I'm actually helping some friends out at the moment that have got into uh, this September school and they're a bit decided about which one to go to and I just said um, ask as many people as you can or ask friends who know other friends or I know there's a great page called the Musical Theatre Appreciation Society where I constantly see posts of people going are there any students from this school can you tell me more about it and you get a feeling when you go in there and I don't think it really matters where you train. It, it, it's as long as you go there and you enjoy it and you soak everything up, you're going to become a more well-rounded person. Ah, there we go. Sorry, I just need to plug my uh, charger in. Technical difficulties, right? Here. No problem. <laughs> I did finish my question. That was my answer. Yes, the question got finished, so we'll, we'll, we'll cut it there and we'll edit this bit out, don't worry. <laughs> you don't want to include this bit in the bloopers? Oh, well, there might be, we can put some bloopers then, yeah. If, there is, if there's enough of them and they're funny, then yeah, we'll make a bloopers. Um, so, so that's great. That was, I think, some good advice for, for Callum. Do research, I think. Some, some good, definitely some good advice. So, so Amanda um, goes into Once in the Silent. And she asks, what did you have to do to get into what, like the cast of Once in a Silent, i.e. what sort of additions and things? Obviously, you had to audition, but what sort of additions and things? So it was an afternoon of auditions. We had to sing a song of our own choice in the start of the show. And then I think we had to sing a song from the show. And I think I sang one of Daniel's songs. Um, we sang, yeah, some girls, that's what we sang. There was a, a group of us boys there. 
and um, we all went in one by one and sang those two songs. And then afterwards, they made, they actually kept everybody and they wanted to um, do a dance call with us. We did our dance to the opening song, which is We Dance. I'm saying a lot of dance here. Um, and um, in fact, that was the actual choreography that we did in the show in the audition. And so nothing right. changed. It, Lee was very fast paced. He, he just went for it. And um, Charlotte was also in the audition room, who is our assistant choreographer. Uh, that's Lee Proud and Charlotte Gale, for those who want to know. And um, then from there, we just kind of waited. And then I told that I was in it. Huh? And you're playing Ar Armand. Ar Ar yes. Armand. Uh, Armand, that's his name, sorry. And first cover, Daniel. You were, you were... Correct. So that was... So Daniel's father and the son, which was very weird. Ah, it made sense. Um, but you were, you were good. Um, certainly the whole, the whole thing, I, was, I had the privilege of seeing it. Um, I saw it more than once, um, but I saw it on opening night was the one that, that sticks out in my mind. Not the press night, the, the, the opening night. Oh, okay. Um, we'll, we'll come to that one in a minute because there's a question about that, uh, actually, that fits in well with that. So we'll not mention an opening night quite yet. Um, so, so Lydia, she wants to know, did you know much about Winston Island before you were in it and had you seen it? I had not seen it before at all. Um, I, all I knew from it was the song Waiting for Life to Begin um, because that's a really popular song and I think I knew a bit of Mama Will Provide um, but I loved the composers because they did Zeusical, they did Ragtime, um, they did Lucky Stiff which is also a very good musical um, and I thought hey why, let's research more into this and then I just fell in love with the music as hopefully everyone else did. Um, so no, I did not know much about it, actually. There we go. But you don't have to know about shows to get into them. That's the thing, it's, I think. Um, okay. So, so Rebecca uh, kind of covers the storyline a wee bit, uh, and she asks, not a controversial one, but we'll, we'll ask it. Um, Rebecca asks, do you think that they won't perform this show anymore due to it being the story of black workers and white wealthy, or do you think that with the ending, it's something we actually do need? Because obviously, at the end, not too many spoilers, but Daniel and Timon obviously get together. That's a tough question. But to be honest with you, I think that obviously there's a lot of themes of uh, racism and class in Once on this Island. Uh, and even if it isn't about those specific characters with those specific skin colours or anything like that, it can still speak to a lot of people. And anybody that came to the show knows that what people went away with was a sense of love and a sense that life is about being wholesome and about living it to the full. And uh, to the full, sorry. Um, so I think it is very important that this show still has productions in the future. And I don't think that there's any reason not to. Good answer. Good on you. Uh, that's the most controversial, okay, don't worry. 
So we'll come back to Winston Asylum in a bit, but um, I want to kind of move on to one, one of the other shows you've done, because we have had a couple of questions on that, and that was The Prince and the Pauper. Um, so Alex just wants to know, how did that come about? Like, where did that come? Like, it was up in Newcastle, Bond Lime, is that correct? Correct. Yeah, Stoke-on-Trent, which I've never been to before until then. So theatre does take you around the world. Um, so I think a better place is for theatre to take you than Stoke-on-Trent. No offence <laughs> in Stoke-on-Trent. But... Hey, people from Stoke-on-Trent could be watching this great. You better watch. Because, that's why I'm saying no offence to Stoke-on-Trent, <laughs> but there are better places in theatre world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually auditioned. The audition for Prince and the Pauper was before Once on This Island, uh, even though the production was way ahead of Once on This Island. And I got that before I started rehearsals. And the way that came about was I had finished drama school and signed to my new agent. And um, so my agent outside of Bird, because there was an agency in Bird, and I signed to an external one. And um, as most people, as most graduates do. And they, put me up for this show because they were looking for somebody that could play the trumpet and somebody that could also play piano. And I could do both of those things. Um, and so I auditioned for that and that was the craziest audition I have ever done because the team just said, entertain us. And it was a bit like a one-man band. One minute I was acting, the next minute I was singing, singing and playing the piano, playing trumpet, improvising. It was um, so much fun. And that is how that job came about. Um, I had two auditions for that. And the last one I had to go up to Stoke-on-Trent, to the actual theatre. And it was a fantastic audition process and a lovely, lovely job too. No, it was, it was, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to see that one, but certainly the, the production photos certainly made it look like a, a nice a, a nice production to be in. Um, the other one, Simon asks, did, did you enjoy being part of a Christmas show that wasn't a pantomime? Uh-huh. There's not many Christmas shows out there that, because the minute you think Christmas show, you automatically think pantomime, but it obviously wasn't a pantomime. Nah, this is true. Um, I've never actually done a pantomime. Um, I did, well, I did village pantos when I was tiny, um, but professionally I've never done a pantomime, so it's a bit difficult to say that, but it was really nice to do a really, really proper, um, it was, let me reword that, it was really nice to start a Christmas show from scratch that didn't feel like a Christmas show. It was just a tale that a lot of people are familiar with, but don't quite understand the adult themes in it. Um, because of them, it's, it's about class. It's about it's a bit like Once on this Island. It's about education and class and, and poverty and, and differences between people. Um, and it was nice to create something new and to be able to work together with uh, people from all walks of theatre and work in the round because I haven't worked in the round before. Um, Once on the Island wasn't in the round, it was Traverse. And um, it was, it didn't feel like a Christmas show. So in a way, 
it was very nice to do a Christmas show that wasn't actually a panto or to do a Christmas, but I would still love to do a show that is about Christmas and is a panto. So, um, oh no, you wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. Ah, see, I can come up with a joke too. Oh, Graham. I'm not as can. Uh, so, so Courtney, coming back to to Winston's Island, she wants to know what was the best thing about being in Winston's Island. I can honestly say, okay, it was two things. For me, I loved the um, the material itself and the dancing and the songs and every single time we performed it, I kept saying to people, it wasn't like I'm performing, it was like I was just celebrating and that's honestly the truth, Graham. Um, and then the second thing are the people. I have never met a cast which gelled so well together that would, you know, finish rehearsals, end up, you know, going to the pub together and then having, you know, really really lovely times after the shows and staying in contact and everyone is so genuine and generous in this cast and i think that's what made it very special so those are my two favorite things so you mentioned there about dancing i think uh, can you explain this dance move <laughs> um so i can tell you exactly what number and what word that is on um, that is the opening dance, we dance, and that is Papa Gay, Don't Come Around Me. Um, I can tell know. you it, it, in, in, the, in the second the exact verse, beat to the exact timing. <laughs> yep. I could probably, I could probably still do the choreography now. It's that ingrained us. Imagine, yep. Yeah. I can imagine. And then what about this one? It's not as much a dance move, but it's more of a scene. Uh, that is where I slap Andre there, poor Andre's face. Um, that is where I slap him, um, and that's when I'm being the gatekeeper to the Bazom house in the city. Yes, that's, that's, that's the only two you can relax now. I'm not going to embarrass you anymore. <laughs> there's no more action shots. Uh, are there Prince of the Corporal ones too? Really? Uh, there's not, unfortunately, no. No, oh. I, I, I forgot about that. I do apologise. Um, I'm going to have a look at right, some of them. I know, I kind of get staff, you know. Um, so Sam wants to know, what's the, what was the hardest thing about being on Once in this Island? You've had the easiest, what was the hardest thing? I had some very tight shorts. They caused, they caused a lot of mischief. Um, the, other than that, the hardest thing, we were, we were in bare feet, so our feet needed a lot of care and attention. Um, yeah. and during, during the run, actually, one of our actors went injured and so therefore couldn't dance. And so then we had to get our swing in. So that was probably one of the hardest things too. Um, and it was also quite hard to try and make people not see the switch. Yeah. Um, which people that saw the show with the magical switch where I pretended, well, should I say this? Spoilers? Yeah, or, they, they, yeah. I mean, why not? Um, there was a moment where uh, there is a flash 
between Prey and, um, oh, what's the next song? I've forgotten. Prey and, oh. Huh? Prey and some girls. No, no, no. It was Prey and. Oh, that's Prey, sorry, Prey the Reprise. Um, and you are mine. Forever I'm yours. Yes. Sorry. Um, it was Praise the reprise I was looking at there. Sorry. Pray and forever yours. In between that, there is a flash of lightning in which I swap with Sam Tutty wearing the exact same outfit as Daniel. And we've got to do it in a five second blackout and then a blanket's got to go over me. Um, and that was really hard to time and really hard to try and make it that seem like nobody saw anything. Um, and one night a blanket didn't come on, so people obviously saw it was me. Um, but however, we did it in a way that actually we looked quite alike. So some people didn't even realize, um, other times people could see it, but we managed to get it perfect in the end very quickly. So that was another. Yeah, because then Daniel, obviously, he, he, he's Daniel, the character, should I say, um, is obviously unconscious at this point, and he comes on and does a song, so Sam has to come off. Can He can't lie there and do the song. Yeah. So. I, should, I should probably make it more clear. There's a blackout. I replace Sam, who's pretending to be unconscious, and then during the song Forever Yours, it's Daniel, who is Sam, then comes in and sings to Tamoon, who was played by Chrissy, as if he is having an out-of-body experience or she is imagining him. Um, so obviously everyone knew that it was me by that point. Um, oh, you should have seen the people's look on their faces. Yeah, I, I remember seeing, because they did that scene, I was at the exclusive dress rehearsal. Really? It wasn't dress rehearsal, yeah. but the, the rehearsal uh, at the Church, at the Church of Scotland, actually. Um, <laughs> the, they are the church hall. Uh, and I remember them doing that scene and Lee coming on and saying about, now this is going to look so much better on the real show. It's going to look terrible at the moment because you can see everything. And, and then you did, obviously, you saw the switch at that point. But no, we'll, we'll come back to the opening night because I keep, I keep saying we'll come back, but there is a question. There, I there is a question. Williams watching that, that dress rehearsal and still not yeah. seeing the switch. And, and his face, it was great. <laughs> How you missed it in that rehearsal, I don't know, because it was like clear as a bell. Like, like for me, it was anyway. Um, but no, that, that's what got me hooked on the show, definitely. Uh, that's why I came and saw it so, so often. I was coming anyway, but um, Laura wants to know, I think this is probably the hardest question you'll get. She wants to know, what's your favourite song in the show? Mm. <laughs> Laura, why? Um, <laughs> I think my favourite song Okay, it has to be Mama Will Provide. That's a good one, yes. That's a good one. Just because I think that's special to me because I, uh, it, we were allowed to take people out of the audience and dance with them. And no, it depicts me that night. I was not happy. I never once get picked. I know. Well, I mean, I don't think I was anywhere near you, Graham. I'm very sorry. 
It's okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that the sad times of the uh, box homes, because that was your solo, was it not? It was. Did you did you see me? Oh, I was going to say that. You mean? Oh, I, I thought that's you. Me. Oh yeah. As much as I love that song, um, man, I'm provide I could do every single hour of the day. <laughs> so no, that's um, that, my will provide was a good song. I've got to say that was any. I forget his name, that's terrible. Who, who did that, Pat? Johnny, Johnny Chen. Did. Was fantastic. Parker, he was amazing. He was, uh, he was. The whole cast were, I'm, like, I'm naming names here, but generally the whole cast were fantastic. For a, for a, a professional, but train, training school, like, not bringing it down anyway, but it wasn't a, like a West End professional performance. It no. was outstanding. Like, when you knew, if you'd went in and you didn't know you were all just still learning, like still students, you would never have known. Like, I know a lot of you had graduated and stuff, but like you're still learning. You would never have known. Exactly. Like, you genuinely would never have known. I said that to Lee as well I said, at the, the end of the, the opening night one. Um, I think I said to him at the end of the closing night as well, because I was there for closing night. Um, so, Laura, that's Laura, you've done Laura's. Jack says, has, now the, here's, here's where the, the opening night comes in. Jack has asked, has anything went wrong well on stage? <laughs> well, there's probably lots, but I could probably name one thing that's went wrong. Mm -hmm. And that was um, opening night. That was opening night. I mean, Jack, I've already, t I've already told you the switch didn't go right one time. Um, but um, opening night, um, we were halfway through the show. It was all going very well. And then suddenly the, the band cut out and we didn't quite know what was happening. And um, uh, the cast just carried on probably for another 16 bars and were determined to do the entire show a cappella. Um, and then our director, Lee, came out of the audience and suddenly came on stage and was like, in this, this very thick Newcastle accent, which I can't do. He was like, um, stop, stop. The, the, the show's going on, the show's stopping. Um, and we're having a technical difficulty here and please just wait a moment and we'll get back to it and luckily wait another five minutes and the issue was fixed we think we think it was a power cut but who knows it could just be there was um, a lot of there was a lot of problems in london that day and um, because it was a really 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 hot day and there was a lot of electrical yeah. problems that day Let's blame the weather. Uh, but, um, else, it's England, we'll blame the weather. I know. Um, so that's what happened on, well, yeah, what happened on press night that Graham obviously saw. That, that wasn't um, press night. No, no, that wasn't press night, was it? That was the, that because you had, you had an opening night and then you had press night later on because I wasn't at press night. Sorry, I got the two mixed up. It was, that was the very first night you did it. The very first, the opening, like the, the not the official night. opening. Um, but that was one of the biggest things that went wrong. Uh, I think we constantly had problems with nets. There's a bit where um, we shake some nets around and they kept getting caught on people's wheelchairs, unfortunately. So I'm very sorry to that lady in the wheelchair. Um, I am very sorry. Um, and then there was something else growing. There was um, 
Oh, the, the, there were a couple of times we had to sweep these tires across the stage at the end of rain and tires have a life of their own. They decided to go into the audience. They decided to roll, you know, just, just when you think you've got them on going in one straight line at the last minute, they just kind of veer off. And it was my job to catch some of them. Sometimes that didn't happen. Um, but other than that, we had a pretty solid run. Yeah. I know. I, I actually, I thought that in the in the church hall when you were doing the stuff for the tiles, I'm like, that could be, uh, because I obviously have been in the Southwark, so I know how it can be set up. I'm like, mm, could, could be yeah. interesting. Could, could be interesting. So they, they Connor, he's, he's gone on and he's looking for some advice. Mm -hmm. He wants to know, have you any techniques on how to keep your voice safe? Yes. Um, well, we were under the direction of Chris Mara once on this island, um, who is a fantastic MD and really, really takes care of your voice. Um, the biggest thing is to warm up and to warm up all different parts of your voice. Um, I was actually lost my voice um, in rehearsals leading up to open night. So it was even more important for me to try and rest my voice. And I think that's the other thing. If you're in a show, you sing full out in a show and then you rest it afterwards. Uh, your voice is a muscle. It's like going to the gym. You can't go to the gym constantly, Graham. Um, I don't go to the gym at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, pump an eye and I've seen you. Uh, <laughs> no way you've seen me then. Your voice is a muscle and you can't exercise it constantly. And so that is important. Other things that we did during the show were uh, lots of people used to steam um, and lots of people used to like honey and lemon. Uh, I personally, because honey makes me gag, uh, I don't like honey and lemon, but steaming does wonders for me. And I think just, um, like I said before, warming up your entire voice so that if you are going to push it in places to the extreme, you uh, can do it safely and you don't overdo it. You only do it when you need to. Um, that would be my advice. That's some good advice. Definitely some good advice. So, so apart from the, the steaming that you mentioned there, Abby wants to know, how, do you have any pre-show rituals? Is there anything you have to do before the show? Um, well, I mean, I guess a pre-show ritual was doing our vocal warm-ups and our physical warm-ups together. I personally would never ever skip a physical or vocal warm-up and no one else did but just personally for me because we also did um, for Prince and the Pauper we had vocal and physical warm-ups too um, but in Once in the Silent because it was um, more dance based we all did dance and vocal together and in Prince and the Pauper we were allowed to do our own dance and vocal warm-ups. Um, personally, I like doing them together because I think it unites everybody and so that was kind of a ritual I have because it gets me into a very meditative place and in the zone, I like to call it. I'm in the zone. I know. Um, and as a cast, we would be sharing the dressing room at Southwark Playhouse and we would um, listen to the same music as in not the same song, but we would all listen to the same music. And that was really important. And um, we'd go on and all kind of, the way Once in the Silence started is we would all go on bit by bit and start 
molding with the audience and talking to them. And so before we went on stage, we usually have a conversation with the person we pass and be like, all right, I'm going to go on. And, and we'd usually say exactly the same thing to each other. Um, so that was kind of a ritual. We used to have. That's nice. I know it's, it's one of the strangest stats to a show I've ever watched. Like, because you would expect them to go off. Like, you've, you've seen people on stage at starts and then they go off and they come back on when they, obviously the music starts. I mean, you literally were on the stage and that was you on. Like, you, I think, yeah. I don't know if it was you or somebody ended up falling asleep with a hat in your head. Not literally, but that's what you were acting like. And uh, there was people doing their washing or hanging and washing up, stuff like that. It was. I was trying to sell bamboo and. I, was I think you were doing, yeah. I, I traded a lot of people's sunglasses and chocolate and I think I tried on somebody's shoes once. As you do. As you, as do. you, as you do in a stage, yeah, as you do. Uh, that's exactly what you, you go to theatre and the actors tried your shoes on. That's, that's gave them a talk, this thing to talk about. So a couple of questions about auditions and agents and stuff that people have asked. Um, obviously, we're not saying you're the, the, the know-all, you don't know everything, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, you're a clever, you're a clever gentleman, <laughs> uh, clever and talented. But Blake wants to know: is it, Do you have any advice on what to to look for in an agent? Um, a bit like drama school, I would say you have a feeling when you go there, um, and it's very important. Not only do you do your research, like in drama school, about the kind of things that those people on their books have done and are they the kind of things that you want to do. Um, but also you've got to just talk to them and think to yourself, is this a person that I can be completely open with and talk to if you want that kind of relationship with them? And because you don't want to go into audition rooms and worry about what your agent's going to think. Um, and that's personally um, what I found in my agent and why I thought they were um, the person that I wanted to go with. So good, some good advice there, yeah. I'm sure like when he's looking, if he's looking now or when he's looking, and you'll take that advice on board. Joe can asks um, a bit about auditioning and she wants to know what is your go-to song for auditions and do you have any songs that people should stay away from? Oh, see, I have a, I have a thing about this, Graham. Um, I think that no song should be off limits because uh. even if it is oversung um, or if it's a, a standard that everybody sings, let's take Defying Gravity. If you still go into a, an audition room and absolutely nail Defying Gravity um, and show what you can do, and you're right for the part that you're auditioning, then Defying Gravity will, you know, get you through that process. Um, and so I wouldn't say steer away from any song, um, unless the only thing I would say is choose songs that you like. Don't do songs that you hate, or don't do songs that you're worried about that one particular note, or just do things that you're comfortable with and that you enjoy singing because the panel love nothing more than um, somebody getting lost in a song. Um, that was another question. There was, what's my go-to song? Yeah, what's your go-to song for this? Um, ooh, the song that I probably sang the most in auditions 
is a song actually by the composers of Once on this Island. Um, it's called Larger Than Life, then from my favourite year. Um, and I have sang that at quite a few auditions. So that's, that's that, a good one because it's def something different. It's it's yeah, it's um it's a beautiful, lush, gorgeous song, and um it's it's something that I mean my favorite year hasn't been over here, I don't think, in the UK. So it's something quite nice to think certainly not in a professional. No, no, exactly. Um so that's probably my go-to that I've sung before. Um but previously to that at drama school, my go-to was Gethsemane from Jesus Christ Superstar. So that's that's completely different. <laughs> night and day, night and day, I think. So the night, night, for yeah. <laughs> Complete night and day. Uh, so, so Olivia touches on certain gentlemen who was in the cast of Once in this Island with you. Um, I don't think we need to say his name. I think you'll know who we're talking about. So she Lee wants Proud. to know what? <laughs> Lee Proud. There you go. No, I don't think it's Lee Proud she's talking about. I think it's slightly like uh, different than that. Uh, she wants to know, are you still in contact with anyone from the cast? And have you seen Dear Evan Hansen? Oh, okay. Well, I can answer both of those. The, the cast are 100% still in contact with each other. Um, I think somebody posts on it nearly every week and it's nearly been a year since doing it. Um, so, we're still very much alive and very, very close, like I've already said. Um, and we have a group chat that we all post on, uh, on Facebook. Um, and we also had a reunion. It was actually for my, I had a leaving party um, to go and do my job in Stoke, of which a load of the Once in this Island cast came. So we had a kind of a reunion there and that That's was nice. in October. So that was really, really nice. Um, the flat was a state. <laughs> um, but um, I am very ashamed to say I have not watched Dear Evan Anston. I mean, I only, I only just got back into London and then we got into lockdown. And, lockdown, uh, so. Yeah, so um, I'm really sorry, Sam. I have not seen Dear Evan Hansen. Um, and I'm sorry for Chris too, because Chris Marr, who is the MD on Once Upon a Time and is assistant MD on Evan Hansen. Yes, uh, yeah. Shout out to Chris. Uh, but, um, and Chris keeps pestering me to try and come. He's like, when are you going to come see it? And I'm like, I am, I am. And um, just when I was going to book tickets, COVID-19 happened. Oh, um, that's going to be an excuse for a long while. I think we're going to use COVID as an uh, excuse for a while. <laughs> I know. Well, well, I'll, I'll take you to see it, don't worry. Once lockdown's over, I'll take you to see it. We'll go it, after. It, I've seen it 48 times so far in the, in the West End. It's, it's a deal then, better than anyone. Yeah, that's fine. Um, in case anybody's wondering, by the way, Sam Tutty, who plays D. Evan Hansen, or plays Evan and D. Evan Hansen, was Daniel in Winston Island. Just in case anyone, we haven't made that clear, just in case anyone's wondering why we're now talking about D. Evan Hansen. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't think, I think everybody should know, but just in case, I thought I made that clear. Martin wants to know, if you had to be stuck in quarantine with any character from Once in this Island, who would you pick and why? Ooh. Wow. That's a good question, I'll leave that one. That is a fantastic question, I don't know, Martin. Um, I kind of feel very 
on edge here because I feel like if I don't choose someone's character, they're going to be really miffed with me. Um, but, but it's the character they're choosing, not the actor. You're choosing the character yeah. and their oh, personality traits. We're choosing the character. Um, I personally think that I think Little Tamoon would be amazing to be with in quarantine because she just lights up your life and she's so infectious. Um, which I probably shouldn't be saying about quarantine, but she's so infectious um, uh, that I think she would just kind of make every day very cheerful. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. I would pick uh, Armand, you know, but that's just... Uh, Armand is horrible. I think mean, that's a bias. A, bias. Like a really evil, horrible character. Um, do not go into quarantine with him. A uh, couple more. Stephen wants to know, he wants to know, is there any good advice that you can give on how to become as good as you? Uh, he says, I saw you in The Prince of Pauper and thought you stood out from everyone else with your amazing facial expressions. Uh. Ah, well, thank you very much, Stephen. Um, I will continue with those facial expressions. I just think... Um, I would, I've, um, I've never said no to anything. Um, so if somebody is offering a workshop in stilt walking, I will go and do it. If somebody's offering, you know, even just to, to take you to a film, and I don't know what the film's about, I will go and see it. And I think the best advice I can give to anybody is trying to expose yourself and absorb, um, wow, words. Quickly finish that sentence. I know. I think um, the best advice I can do is to uh, give is to say to people, absorb yourself in everything and expose yourself to everything and you'll become um, much more well-rounded. Some great advice to finish off with. So that brings us to the end of the fans' questions. Um, so you can relax now. <laughs> uh, they're, they're over with. You've, you've, you've gone through that pain. Um, so now it's just the not so quick fire round. Uh, I've changed the name. It used to be called quick fire round, but nobody decided to answer quickly. Um, so these are just a couple of questions that we ask everybody, and then a task at the end, which I'll explain at the end. So I'm going to be very quick. I will do this. <laughs> they all say that, and then end up going. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll wait and see. So your first, the first question is: What would your dream role be, regardless of age or race? Not Frank. gender, because we'll come to that. Okay, Frank in Rocky Horror. I can definitely see you in the stockings and suspenders and high heels. Either that, or um, the Albert in Warhorse. Different contrast, but yes, I like it. <laughs> Very good contrast, but I think they're both amazing roles for different reasons. Yes, I can, I can actually see you as both, to be honest, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen more horse, I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, I can see you as Albert. Um, so what would your fav your dream gender bend role be? Now that's not likes of Frank that's a crossdresser, that's somebody that is actually female. Um Mama Rose in Gypsy. I think, yeah, classic there, isn't it? Classic gypsy. gypsy Rose, yeah, definitely a classic. So second last question, what is your favourite musical theatre song? Now that doesn't have to be one you've performed. It can be any musical. What was your favourite musical theatre song? Uh, 
Um, I saw the toughest question in the show, in the, in the chat. Question. I... I said I would be quick at this, didn't I? Yeah, everybody says that until that question comes up and then oh, we go. God. Oh, why would you do this to me? Um, okay. I think there's this, uh, does not have to be one song? Could it be like an entire soundtrack? You can go, okay, go for a soundtrack. If you can't think of one song, go. The entire soundtrack to Memphis. That's a yes. It's, it will brighten any day, honestly. That's, that's a good choice. Okay, we'll, give you, we'll allow that one. Um, we don't normally allow it, but we'll allow it since it's you, Elliot. <laughs> uh, the last question um, is, what is your top five shows? Again, you don't have to have been in them. You can have been in them, but you don't have to have been in them. Okay. Hunchback of Notre Dame. The Alan Menken version. Um, I'm going to choose Memphis because that is um, anyone that didn't get to see it in London, it was um, amazing. One of the best things I've ever seen. Uh, oh, this is hard. Um, crazy for you. I love the music. That's a good one, yeah. It's That's gorgeous. West Side Story. It's a classic again, yeah. Classic. And just because it's unlike anything else, Rocky Horror. Oh, we all love a bit of Rocky Horror. Shows. There you go. We definitely all love a bit of Rocky Horror. So that, that's us at the end of the questions. Um, so you can breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, the last thing that we get interviews to do is have you heard of the Ice Bucket Challenge? Ooh. Graham, I've done the Ice Bucket Challenge. Yo, that's good to know. We're not going to get you to pour ice over yourself, so don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, but basically, at the end of that, you had to do the ice, and then you had to nominate somebody to do the next one. Um, so what we're doing is the West End Talks nomination. You can do that. It can. You could. All we ask you is to name somebody on the chat just now, um, and then it can be anyone from, from theatre, film, TV that you know, because the whole point is to try and get them to help us get them in to do a talk. Um, so as I say, anyone, uh, both on and off stage, off screen, whatever. Um, and all I have to ask you to do is at the end, go onto Twitter and pop your name, put a tweet, tweet out saying, just done my talk with West End Talks, it's now, and then tag whoever you nominate. Mm -hmm. So who would you like to nominate? Fantastic. Uh, I would like to nominate Chris Marr because... I think, I don't think an MD has been on here yet. No, you haven't yet, no. It's a really important role and a really fun role. And I think people would be interested in how music is created because he keeps telling me things every day that happened in Once in this Island that I never even knew happened um, with the band uh -huh. and everything. So I vote Chris Mar. That's a fantastic choice. And we haven't had a musical director on yet. So yes, an MD would be would be great because we do try and get everybody uh, in because it's not just, a show is not all about the actors. There's a load, a whole load of, oh, the actors are great, I'm not saying anything from the actors by the way. Uh, but obviously you've got the backstage, like the, the, the band and the, the hair, the makeup, the costumes, everything as well, so to celebrate. But that, that's us at the end. You'll be glad to know. Uh, all that's left for you guys at home to remember is me and Elliot aren't just here for fun. Uh, we do have fun, well, I would like to hope you said fun. Um, but the whole point, the whole purpose in, in, the ch in the chat 
is to try and raise some money for acting films. Now, they're out to support the full theatre, the full performing arts uh, community, um, film, TV, theatre, everything. Um, so if there's anything at all, you can pop in the link that's up in the bio below. If you can just pop anything you can in, that would be great uh, for them. And then all that's left for me to say is join us tomorrow night um, for the final of the West End Talk Awards 2020. Now, Royce Nice Island's actually up for an award. They're up for Best of West End Production. Yeah. So fingers crossed for them. <laughs> um, but that's with guest host Leanne Jones, who is the West End's first ever Tracy Tunblad. So join us tomorrow night for that uh, on our YouTube page. But apart from that, all that's left to say is, Elliot, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Absolute privilege getting to know you and getting to, to hear some stories about Winston Island and Princeton to bother a bit. Thank you very much. And guys, take care. Bye. See ya. Now that I would not be killed in vain Show me just a little of your omnipresent brain Show me there's a reason for you wanting me to die You're far too keen on how and where But not so hard on why Alright, I'll die Just watch me die See how